This is Joan Banks-Smith for Kessler Foundation's Fast Takes, research that changes lives. In this episode, I spoke with Dr. Helen Genova, Assistant Director for our Center for Neuropsychology and Neuroscience Research. We spoke about her latest autism research and how the COVID-19 pandemic has had an impact on children with autism. Welcome to Fast Takes, Dr. Genova. Thank you for having me. Dr. Genova, last year you discussed in a previous podcast the impact of the pandemic on children with autism, but it was really early on. Any updates to what we know now? Last year, you know, we were really just trying to predict what families of children with autism would be experiencing due to the pandemic, but we really had no idea. We were just predicting based on challenges that we know kids with autism face. So, for example, we know that um, children with autism can have some difficulty with disruptions to their daily lives. And as you know, you know, the pandemic caused a huge disruption to everyone's daily life. So we were only predicting what we thought would occur, which was, you know, increased stress in families of kids with autism, maybe some different challenges, some unique challenges. And sure enough, what we found was that parents reported greater stress levels in themselves and in their children compared to families of quote-unquote neurotypical children, so children without an autism diagnosis. So families of children with autism experience more stress. Would you say the stress was the same as kids without autism, just increased, or were they stressed by different things? We definitely found that kids with autism and families of kids with autism had some unique, different challenges that were not seen in the neurotypical group. So, for example, you know, virtual learning was an adjustment that all families had to make, and and for some it was more difficult than others. But parents of kids with autism reported that it was really difficult for their kids. You know, sometimes children with autism might require a one-on-one aid in the classroom or a special education teacher to give them, a, you know, focused attention or help. And, you know, in the pandemic, when you're signed on to Zoom or whatever, you know, you may not have that support anymore. You may not have an aid. Um, you certainly wouldn't have someone in your house helping you get through virtual learning. So parents found themselves in the position of really needing to be that one-on-one aid, that special education teacher, you know, take on that role, which I think caused a lot of stress in them and a lot of stress for their children. So that was definitely something that I think parents reported. Another thing that parents were concerned about was that their child may have regressed behaviorally, socially, academically more so than kids without autism. So they feel that moving into the next year, they felt that their kids were less prepared than their same age peers to take on the next academic year. They reported more negative emotions. That was likely due to the fact that they reported that therapies were disrupted. So if a child went to a weekly therapy, whether it be speech therapy, occupational therapy, psychotherapy, those therapies were disrupted. They either had to be stopped completely or translated into a virtual platform that might have affected how effective those therapies were. Parents really were concerned about that. And also, I would say that, you know, in the pandemic, we did a lot of things to try to adapt to social situations. So we would, you know, I know with my own children, I would try to have virtual play dates or virtual birthday parties, etc. And parents of children with autism reported that they felt their children 
were left out of a lot of virtual situations. So even when people tried to adapt and maintain social connections, they felt that their children were left out of those social connections, which was really unfortunate. So Dr. Genova, what should be done? I think what we need to do moving forward is to recognize that the experience of families of children with autism is very, very different than the experience of children without autism. And I don't think that we can say, oh, we'll just do the same thing for all kids. We'll give them extra tutoring help. We'll, you know, whatever, whatever our fixes are for the quote unquote neurotypical kids. We can't just say that they're going to work for kids with autism because they really did have unique and different challenges that just weren't seen in typical kids. And so I think we also can't just hope that these problems are going to go away, you know, if there were losses academically. I think that parents need to understand, listen, it may take some time to get your children back on track, whether that's tutoring or, you know, extra help from teachers, et cetera. This is not something where I think we're just going to bounce back very quickly. And I think we really need to take a look at the very specific issues that happened in kids with autism and address those in a very targeted way. Are there any silver linings from the pandemic? Yeah, that's a really great question. Interestingly, parents of kids with autism reported really positive things happening in their families as well. So it wasn't all bad news. You know, kids with autism really enjoyed more time with their family, for example, when they were, you know, locked down. In a way, even though it was difficult for them, one thing it did was it gave them a break from having to be around peers where they might have felt a little bit of social anxiety or social pressure. They could just be home with their families and be themselves. And so I think that some some kids with autism felt that that was like a break for them a much needed break and they enjoyed spending more time with their families. Let's switch gears and talk about your research in autism. You did a study about an intervention meant to improve job interview skills in adolescents with autism. Can you tell us about that? We actually have several studies ongoing right now and the purpose of them is to help adolescents and young adults with autism prepare for job interviews, which we know may be challenging. They're not just challenging for kids with autism. They, job interviews are challenging for anybody. Young adults with autism may have some specific stressors, such as you know talking to someone else, being social with someone else that they don't know, trying to talk about what's great about themselves, staying on topic. We do this study where basically we have them do an assessment with us, which is basically a video recorded job interview at baseline just to see sort of where they're at, how they're doing. Then we have them either randomized into the intervention group where they receive an intervention or a control group where they would do nothing. They would just get services as usual, whatever they typically get, that's what they would get. And then after about two months, we assess them again. So we have them do another job interview. We look at their skills from before to after and see if they improved due to the intervention. How was it impacted by the pandemic? Our studies were really impacted by the pandemic. I mean, we intended to do all of our research in a school setting. So we would actually have staff members that would go to children's schools and student schools, and they would test them at the school. They would do the interventions at the school. You know, we wanted the kids to do the study in a place that was comfortable for them, you know, within their school day. 
Well, when the pandemic happened, we couldn't do that. All of our studies had to stop. We couldn't do any in-person testing. And we really had to completely pivot and say, how are we going to maintain this study? How are we going to continue to do the study that's important, but do it in a way that we can continue when we can't be physically with our students? So what we did was we translated all of the studies online. We, we changed some things so that we can do them via Zoom. Almost anything that we did in person, we've now figured out ways to do it virtually. So the interesting thing was we actually had greater interest in the study once it became virtual compared to before. And why do you think that is? Well, I think that number one, it's really convenient. You know, parents don't have to take their child out of their activities to do the study. They don't have to be taken out of classes. Parents don't have to bring their children anywhere. The students can just do it in the comfort of their homes, whenever is convenient for them. I think parents are really happy with the virtual format because there's no risk of catching COVID if you're doing something virtually. What has been really wonderful is we can now open our studies up to people who are out of state. You know, when we were doing this previously, we could only focus on kids within the state of New Jersey. And now we can open it up completely nationally. So we can even see kids off in California if we wanted. So that has been a really cool thing about making the study virtual. Do you think this model will impact the future of your research? Yes, in a way. I mean, it's interesting because some studies that we do, especially at Kessler Foundation, will always have to be done in person. So for example, we do a lot of studies using neuroimaging, so functional magnetic resonance imaging. And that gives us information that you cannot get online. So something like an fMRI study would have to be done in person, which is good because we, we want to see what's happening in the brain. However, there are some studies which simply can be done online. And I think that one thing we realized through this pandemic is that doctors, therapists, clinicians, they all saw that there are some types of visits or therapies that can be done online in just as well as in person. And so I think for research, this may actually change the way we plan to do studies in the future, where some of them simply may be more convenient and easier for families to do online. You received funding from the National Institutes of Health for a virtual web-based intervention study. Can you tell us about this? Yes. So that study is actually very similar to the study I spoke about before. It's the same format. We're trying to improve job interview skills, but we're actually doing an intervention that's slightly different. The intervention is really cool. It's actually a web-based intervention that's meant to be done virtually. So I'm really excited to see if kids with autism are going to respond to it well. What ages does the study involve? We are actually looking for what's called transition age youth, adolescents and young adults who are transitioning out of childhood and into adulthood. So ages 16 to about 24 are the ages that we're looking for for these two projects. Will the study be online also? Yes, the study will be online. It's completely virtual. No in-person visits are required. And so anyone in any state can, can participate. Thank you, Dr. Genova, for spending a little time with us today to talk about your research. Thank you for having me. To learn more about Dr. Genova, the studies mentioned in this podcast, join a study to read the accompanying blog 
Links are in the program notes. Tuned into our podcast series lately? Join our listeners in 90 countries who enjoy learning about the work of Kessler Foundation. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe to our SoundCloud channel, Kessler Foundation, for more research updates. This podcast was recorded on Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021, remotely, and was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.